What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt, coming at you live for episode 142, our MLB Stadium Rankings, part one of a three-part series. Robbie Boy, this is a podcast trilogy that I know we both have been excited about for a long, long time. Give the listeners an idea for what they can expect this episode and the next two. Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to this one for a long time. Rick and I uh, have been traveling the country going to uh, baseball games, college football games, and NFL games. And we've always wanted to do a top 30 breakdown of Major League Baseball stadiums. And it's a fun fact that Rick and I have that we've been to almost, I've been to almost every stadium on this list or every seen every home team play with the exception of the Minnesota Twins and the Oakland Athletics. So these are the two teams that I personally have not seen play a home game. And, uh, you know, the A's will never happen. I'm never going to Oakland and they're not staying there longer. And, uh, and the Twins just haven't made it up to Minnesota. So uh, super excited to break this down, Rick. On this episode, we're going to be doing our bottom 10. So we're going to be doing 20. We're going to be doing 30, the worst stadium in Major League Baseball, to 21. On our next episode, we're going to be doing 20 to 11. And then on our, our third episode, part of the trilogy, we're going to be doing 10 to number one. Very exciting, Rob, Rick. It's going to be phenomenal. And one of the things that I think our listeners should take with them is not only have we traveled the country and gone to these stadiums, but we take the tours of these stadiums. We've gone the extra mile to go behind the scenes and truly see the nooks and crannies of these ballparks that make them so unique and just things that you can't do and see when there's tens of thousands of fans in attendance. So without further... Rick, Rick, just to pause right there, I think the... I think the stadium tours are sometimes, or in my opinion, I think it's better than the actual game. Depending on like what kind of game you get, I think the stadium tours are amazing. And when I'm watching a baseball game or watching ESPN top 10 highlights, and I see like a play happen at, you know, Safeco Field or now T-Mobile ballpark in, in Seattle, and we're in New Jersey, I'm just like, oh, I remember being there. I remember being on the field for the stadium tour. Uh, just, it's great. I highly recommend that to our listeners. Spend the 20 bucks, 25 bucks, $30. You know, get there early, plan ahead, go do a stadium tour. Amazing. That's exactly right, Rob. And uh, it's just going to be a blast to go through each of these stadiums as we recall some of our favorite memories. And really, this podcast episode is the honorable mention. These ballparks, for the large part, are older ballparks. They've been around for many, many decades, and uh, it wouldn't be surprising if many of these teams ended up either relocating or building new stadiums within the next five to ten years. So let's get this fun gravy train started here, Rob. Let's kick things off with, as you mentioned earlier, the soon-to-be Las Vegas Athletics currently the Oakland Athletics, and these folks have been unfortunately playing ball in what's known as the Oakland Almeida County Coliseum. And this ballpark as if that, um, if that if that name doesn't sum it up that they don't 
care about the stadium, just called it a municipal facility. <laughs> it's, a, it's a government it's a government facility that no company or business feels proud to attach their name to. You know for a fact they've been trying to solicit some sort of million dollar sponsorship to put a company's name on the title of that stadium, <laughs> but no business wants to be a part of it. And soon enough, the Oakland Athletics will be departing the city just like their football counterparts did a few years ago, heading to the desert out in Vegas. Rob, this stadium was built in 1966, and it did have some memorable games played in it. Its heydays were back in the 70s and 80s, even early 90s. Hey, Rick. 46,000 fans. Rick, the uh, you know, as much flack as uh, MLB fans give to the Oakland Athletics and uh, their facility and moving. Uh, a fun fact about the athletics are, is that they are tied for, I believe, third in most World Series ever won. They've won seven World Series. Now, granted, three of them came, three or four of them came in the 20s and the and uh, when they were part of the Philadelphia athletics, uh, they, they still won, I think, back to back to back in, in the 70s. So it's been a minute since they've won or in the 80s, but uh, it's, uh, it's still a storied franchise. For sure. And, and, and if you think back to it, and we'll move on to the next stadium in just a moment, but if you think back 10, 20 years ago, it was very common for cities to share stadiums between their baseball team and their football team. And Oakland was the last stadium, the last city to have that, where the Raiders yeah. and the Athletics played in the same ballpark and you know, kudos to the folks there that had to turn the stadium around from football to baseball. I mean, not an easy feat to do. And uh, I'm sure in its prime, uh, many, many decades ago, it was a fun place to be. But, well, we'll move on just like they'll be moving on from their stadium to the <laughs> next ballpark. Hey, hey Rick, well, well, that was your number 30. So uh, l- let me go with my number 30 over here. Rob, we're not going to do that because uh, you didn't submit anything here. And to jump back and forth, I just don't think that's going to work as we bob around it's uh, gonna throughout be, the podcast. I'm not doing the podcast if I can't give you my 30. I didn't have to submit things. What is this, the SATs over here? I'm not submitting. Well, just, I, you know, if you want to do that, it's fine. But I don't think it's going to go over well with the listeners. I think it's going to be great with the listeners. I think the listeners are going to love it. I'm going number 30, Oakland Athletics. Boom, moving on. Let's go. You did all that just to say the same stadium? Yeah, you know, you've been kicking me to the curb since I was like, you know, uh, three years old or something like that, not caring about my opinion. So I'm going to voice my opinion for the for the radio waves over here, for the podcast waves. I'm getting my little chirp in. Oakland A's, move on. Good day, sir. It's only because you don't put any effort in. If you would put some effort in, your, your opinion would have high value. Rick, there's effort, all right? There is effort. <laughs> I beg have, 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 have a kid and get back to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the meantime, number 29 on our MLB stadium rankings is unfortunately Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay, also St. Peter's for, uh, for the folks down there in Florida that know the area a little bit more intimately than Tampa Bay. So the Rays, Rob, have been playing baseball in Tropicana's Field Stadium since 1990. It's one of the smallest ballparks. In fact, it is the smallest ballpark in Major League Baseball, seating only 
25,000 fans and often you will watch a game on TV and notice that there are more fans for the opposing team than there is for the actual Tampa Bay Rays team. So they've had some magical runs, some postseason, even made it into the World Series one year. And this year they're cooking. This year, Rob, you're right. The Rays look good, but the stadium does not. There's rumor to uh, a rebuild be coming soon, a new stadium. They've gone through renovations. Talk to the listeners, Rob, about the tour we took when we traveled and visited the stadium back in 2017. Uh, it'd be my pleasure, Rick. So we, uh, we've gone to all these stadiums and gone to all these stadium tours. And, uh, you know, a lot of these places are super proud to promote their, their facility and all the renovations that they did and the history and the accolades. And this was by far the shortest tour we ever took. Uh, you know, but they were through the moon. They were like, oh, my God, people want to take a tour of the stadium. So we got somebody to give us a tour. I think they actually gave us like a bobblehead just for taking the tour, which was awesome. We've never gotten that before. We got like a personalized tour with this one guy and he was showing us all around. And uh, we went to the, we went to the Tampa Bay Ray uh, fish tank out in center field, which was the highlight. And then we went to uh, where some guy hit a home run to push him into the world series. Right. And then uh, we went out onto the field and that was pretty much it. Uh, Took us to like one club where they had a popcorn machine and then I'm pretty sure, like, the only renovations they did were, uh, you know, cement work to keep up with uh, the building from falling down. That and slap a little paint on it. But for the most part, Rob, this stadium was a brute. Uh, I give them some credit for the little raised fish tank out in center field. That was a nice touch. And they've tried to do different things with bar areas on the foul territory sides. But the the ceiling, the roof gets into play more times than I think anybody would care to see while watching a baseball game. And it's a dead ball. It's not built for these this day and age, these players. So um, it's just uh, outdated. Uh, I would be willing to bet we'll see a new ballpark there soon uh, or the team will be moving one or the other. Moving on to our 28th ranked stadium on this list, and it's one that we went to many years ago, um, and it was actually built in 1989, and it's north of the border. It's the only stadium on our list here outside of the United States because it's the only team located outside of the United States, and that's the Toronto Blue Jays and Rogers Center. Listeners, I've got to tell you, This stadium has a unique feature that I don't think anyone on this list can compete with. It's been referred to as the concrete jungle in Toronto. Our good friend Adnan Verk from MLB Network has referred to it often as this big cement block downtown. And But it does have a hotel. It's got this hotel out in the outfield where next time you're watching the game and somebody hits a home run, you'll see glass windows And those glass windows, believe it or not, are bedrooms to hotels. There's a bar and a restaurant, of course, too. But you could conceivably be laying in bed watching the game live from your hotel room. To me, that's one of the unique features. And then, of course, the fact that this stadium can be opened and closed. It's retractable. It's um, got the um, massive tower downtown that overlooks the ballpark. So kind of a cool view from from a, you know, city perspective i guess but 
Um, 41,000. It's seen some phenomenal postseason games uh, in the 90s when the Blue Jays were doing their thing. The atmosphere can get raucous, especially when the dome is closed. Rob, we watched a game on the 4th of July. Sean Green hit three home runs, and it was so hot that they actually kept the roof closed just so that the fans would be comfortable in air conditioning. Yeah. I don't have anything wrong with this stadium, Rob. It's just not one that I would say you got to go see. Yeah, I, I I thought it was very weird until recently. They didn't even have like infield dirt in there. It was like uh, artificial like turf and it was just like kind of drawn with lines, <laughs> white lines. So recently they changed it. I think over the past couple of years, they put in actual infield dirt and uh you know made it look like more of a baseball stadium but yeah something weird about baseball being played in toronto i know they've won a couple world series too but um you know just not not a fan that's that's on my list right there too so we're one two three keep keep going kid moving on number 27 this is the cleveland guardian stadium known as progressive field for a long time it was known as the jake and this stadium was built in 1994 it seats 34,000, so it's it's a little bit under the average uh, amount of fans. They were known back in the 90s and the early 2000s for having the longest sold-out streak, and fans just poured in there. The Indians at the time, now Guardians, great teams, never really won the World Series, but always competed um, in the postseason. So that good play really drew a lot of fans there. I don't recall too much fanfare, too much excitement about the actual ballpark itself. They've got some uh, unique high walls in left with the bleachers and the man for the longest time until he passed away, unfortunately. That would bang the drum out in left field. You'd have the scoreboards out there, the deep center field. Um, There's a little bit of a catwalk out in center for fans to walk upon deep, deep, deep into the ballpark uh balls never get hit out there and and we checked out a suite at the time um it was just an average suite um they've got a little area that is uh adjacent to the um cavaliers basketball arena so there is a little bit of like a fun activity outside there outside the gate but nothing it didn't really do too much for me rob all right. Yeah. So 27, you got, you got uh progressive field. It's not, it's not that far down my list. So it's actually, uh, so I'm surprised that you took progressive because I like progressive. That was a cool stadium. Uh, well, what but, made it so cool? Talk to the listeners about why you would rank this higher than the 27th position. Yeah. I think, um, I, I really like the, the field, the, the large field, or the large wall out in, uh, left field. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I love the suite. We had a great time in the suite many, 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 many years ago. Um, I just enjoyed the atmosphere, uh, the crowd. Um, I like the, uh, I like the short wall. I feel like there's a lot of memories there that I've seen like a lot of good baseball games, either like when we went, but also like recently. Um, so I really like the stadium. I like how it's, I like how it's close to Cleveland, the, uh, Cleveland Cavalier stadium. So I like the proximity of that. So I enjoyed it. I think it's a fine stadium. Look, is it number one on my list? No, but it's not 27. So They do use this uh, crushed brick with their infield dirt. If you ever notice, their clay infield is actually darker than pretty much every baseball team in the country. 
they use a little bit darker uh, crushed clay there. And I just, that's always stood out to me. The grounds crew does a nice job, but it's not high, high on my list. It's on the list. Moving on, Rob. Moving on. I've got the I got the Chicago White Sox home ballpark known now as Guaranteed Rate Field. This is a stadium that was built in 1991, so we're 30-plus years old here, and seats 40,000. The White Sox had some great years there, uh, winning several World Series in our lifetime in this ballpark. But dimensionally, it's it's uniform and symmetrical. There isn't any... Um, uniqueness to the outfield wall. It's a, you're just your standard uh, round uh, wall with some bullpens out there. Um, right field does have some suites down actually on the uh, field level over in right field. So if you see home runs hit out there, you'll actually see people uh, sitting in a suite and eating food and drinks. But um, a vantage point in more stadiums nowadays are starting to incorporate so I think they were a little bit ahead of their time with that um, yeah. unique feature. Um, out in center field, uh, there's some clocks and some lights um, that go along top of the stadium mm-hmm. that have, a, again, unique feature to it. But um, I really don't – the stadium doesn't jump out to me as being one that is like, oh, man, let's go there this summer. Yeah. I, I have uh, – it's funny because I had guaranteed rate at 27, the White Sox and everything you described it. And my number 26, I might catch some flack from this from baseball fans, but I have Dodger Stadium. I honestly just don't think uh, Dodger Stadium is anything too crazy to write home about. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of built into the ground, uh, but very symmetrical on the – uh, home run fences, uh, nothing really flashy about it, just a place to play baseball. It's the third oldest ballpark in the country. So uh, they've done renovations to it, of course, to make it uh, better than what it's been in the in the 50s and, and that time, right? But it's it's nothing that nothing exciting, no tout, no no fountains, uh, no splash ponds, nothing, no no city in the background. So uh, I have number 26 Dodger Stadium. Interesting. Okay. Well, my Dodger Stadium is a little bit higher up there, built in 1962. It is the largest stadium in Major League Baseball, seating 56,000 people. Vin Scully has called thousands of baseball games there. We've taken a tour. I was thoroughly impressed with their uh, Hall of Fame. Now it's the Dodgers, of course, so they have a lot bigger of a Hall of Fame than, say, the Tampa Bay Rays. But the Dodgers uh, Hall of Fame was quite impressive, definitely something to write home about. And it was during COVID in 2020 that they uh, unveiled a new center field entrance that has a lot of fanfare and activities for folks sitting out in the bleachers. Uh, that's on my list too, Rob, but it's at number 23. Um, okay, going back just in order uh, here, I'll uh, swing back to 25, which is Oriole Park at Camden Yards. So this stadium was built in 1992, 30-plus-year-old stadium, seats 44,000, and they've done a few renovations lately. So they actually brought the stands in from left field. Um, They wanted to make it more of a uh, hitter's park, and uh, they've just made the dimensions a little bit different there at Oriole Park uh, to accommodate the home run hitters. Uh, As they say, the long ball sells. So um there's the bullpens out in center field which i always thought was kind of unique 
Not a lot of stadiums have the bullpens directly out there in center field. Uh, these guys do. And then um, over in right field is the big brick building. Um, this is probably one of the first stadiums, if you think back to when it was built downtown in the Inner Harbor area. They incorporated some of the architecture of the city itself. Um, so it does have that really cool entrance area. Um, part of me is inclined to maybe bring it up a little bit higher on the list. But as we go through the next 20 plus stadiums, you're going to hear some really cool characteristics that Oriole Park, unfortunately, just has become a little outdated towards. And they're still working with the city of Baltimore to continue to renovate because they don't want to see that ballpark torn down and rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, mine's up a little bit higher. Um, we're not going to get to it on this episode, but maybe the next episode we'll get, we'll get up to it. Uh, so I'm not going to give, show my cards right now on that. Uh, but I will say that my number 25, I don't think you're going to have this one in your 21 through 30, Rick. Um, I don't even know you, this might be a shocker, but Miami Marlins ballpark, number 25 on my list. I'm not a big fan of the ballpark. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I mean, it's Miami. It, it doesn't suit me. It's flashy. Um, it's noisy. They had like Marlins flipping behind, like they had a display of like fake Marlins just flipping behind center field uh, in, in, in the, the green, the green eye area, like over there. And like, I don't know, they had a club out in the outfield. It just didn't hit home with me. Uh, they were trying to bring that Miami nightlife. I feel like they were just like begging and pleading to try to get people to come to the stadium to watch the Miami Marlins. And it's just not a baseball city. So every time you go to a game, it, there's not even there's not even the opposing team's fans there. There's nobody there at the ballpark. And it's embarrassing. And I'm just I'm just not a fan of the Miami Marlins ballpark. They didn't have a good one when they played at what was it? Uh, uh, Joe Robbie Stadium or when the Marlins and the Dolphins played at the same stadium. They don't have a good ballpark now. Uh, it's new. It's flashy, but it, it's not for me. I don't recommend people going to a Miami Marlins game when they're in town. Wow. Hot take there coming from Rob Brand, and that's hot like Miami Beach hot. The club is still there in left field called the Clevelander. Personally, I've never been in the real Clevelander or the stadium's club. Uh, it does look a little unique. There is a DJ and things that do play music there and throughout the stadium. That's a unique probably Miami trait that you won't see at most stadiums. Uh, retractable stadiums always uh, get me. Uh, I, I'm impressed by them being able to offer indoor and outdoor games to the fans. The home run statue that you were referring to has since been removed. They've remodeled the outfield walls. They've changed the colors of the ballpark. And I just have to say, all of what you've said about it not being uh, well attended is accurate. You and I went to a game there not too long back. And uh, yes, it was on the eve of a hurricane approaching the Miami area. But nonetheless, there was less than a thousand fans in attendance. Um, uh, less than a thousand. That's like <laughs> smaller than what minor league ballparks get. So you're valid in that statement. I just have it way higher on my list for the fact that they decided to build within their walls of the field behind home plate a live fish tank. This is hundreds of gallons of water 
that are in the <laughs> walls. All right. It's not a standard wall that you see at 29 other backdrops in Major League Baseball. When you're watching the game be played, there's a fish tank with coral reefs and colorful rocks and these beautiful fish that are just swimming along in this unbelievable, like gorgeous, cool setup. You can look through the fish tank and watch the game. To me, Rob, that just screams creativity, and it has it way higher on my list because of that feature. And it's a newer ballpark, frankly. But we will get to uh, more I'm, I'm of not, that. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool. When that, When did they do that? <laughs> They did that when they built the stadium. You can uh, do a quick Google search what? to, uh, yes, find imagery. Uh, Miami Marlins man actually gifted you and I tickets about five years ago. I didn't see we, it. I didn't see. I didn't see it. We sat pretty much behind those seats, and it was in our vantage point as you watched every pitch be delivered. Uh, I don't know what more to tell you. <laughs> Moving on to the next part of our list here. I'm going to go ahead and rank number 24, the Great American Ballpark, the Cincinnati Reds Stadium. This stadium is the first stadium on our list here that we've gotten to that was built in the 21st century. It was built in 2003. It replaced their old stadium in Cincinnati. Um, we've had the honor of having been there then at the old ballpark, the new ballpark in 20. 20- 20, excuse me, 2003 was built, seats 42,000 folks, and it's built right along the river. They've got a really, really uh, massive river that flows through the city of Cincinnati, and um, you'll get to some others on our list, I know, probably not next episode, but in our third part, where we just love the idea of stadiums being built along waterways, and so Cincinnati has done that. They have a big grandstand out in left field, similar to Progressive Field in Cleveland. Uh, It has that Midwest feel to it. I personally don't have a lot of characteristics about the stadium that really jump off to me um, that make it stand out. Um, Is there anything about this ballpark, Rob, that you really love? Well, it's interesting that you brought that up, Rick, because I, too, have it as number 24. So, uh, you know, brothers think alike over here. Um, I thought it was cool that they have like the steamboats, uh, like the the steamboat uh, horns or whatever you would describe them as the ste- the steaming units that shoot up, right? So I thought that was cool in center field. But and that yeah. pays homage that pays homage to the steamboats that traveled that aforementioned river through town, uh, and they shoot that off as home runs are are hit. So yeah, good good point, Rob. Good point. Yeah, I uh, I I thought that I thought that was cool. Uh, so, um, I mean, that's really it. I mean, we're on the same page here. Yeah. I don't know if there's another ballpark, um, that really just bleeds red. There's so much red in that stadium. When you look around at all the mm-hmm. seats and the stands, um, their dugouts, just, um, it's, it, it's a unique stadium, but it's also not one that is, Hey, also let's go there this year. Kind of. Yeah. Deal. Yep. 100%. If you're in town, check a game out, but. Don't make it a destination point. Rob, you talked about Dodgers Stadium earlier. Uh, This is my 23rd ranked stadium. I thought it was unique, as you said. It's built into kind of a cliff. You you drive up, and uh, you actually kind of pull in, and and it depends where you come from. But if you're coming from, like, the home plate area, it's down in this valley. And if you're coming from center field, you're actually 
like down at the field level. So um, that has a unique characteristic that I don't think any of these other stadiums in Major League Baseball can say. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I ranted and raved about raved about Dodger Stadium a little while ago, so no need to go further down that rabbit hole. And uh, no need to go further down my rabbit hole of 23 because that is the Cleveland Guardians uh, yeah, stadium. So, uh, hey, we're right there. 23 Guardians. There we go. Number 22 might surprise a lot of listeners. I mean, a lot of listeners. It's Globe Life Field. It's home of the Texas what? Rangers. It's the newest stadium in Major League Baseball. <sighs> Rob. I live in Dallas, Texas. I want to root for the Texas Rangers. And frankly, they're a fun team to watch, especially this year. But they built this new ballpark, and it looks very similar to the one built in Houston for the Houston Astros. In fact, it was the same architect that designed both those stadiums. I didn't feel as though there was much creativity. They almost copied, in a lot of ways, the way in which the ballpark is set up the way in which roof retracts, opens and closes on hot days. The Texas Rangers did not need to build a new stadium. Their old stadium, believe it or not, was was fairly young. It was not even 30 years old. But the Texas Rangers, even though they've had good teams over the past few decades, had the lowest attendance in Major League Baseball, and it was because of the heat in Texas. Fans did not want to sit out and watch their Rangers play ball on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And heck, even in the evenings at a six o'clock, seven o'clock first pitch game in July and August, it is still sometimes 90 or 100 degrees. That old stadium did not have a lot of reprieve. So they built this new ballpark. And maybe it's just a new ballpark that doesn't have any, any like history to it or any um character to it yet and maybe they'll grow into that but it's also the stadium for which major league baseball has the most suites and the lounges and this was designed to cater to well the wealthy the businesses and if you are just a regular fan good luck getting a a, a good seat for a good price really um, they really they, they've pushed a lot of their uh, fans either up high or to the outfield. And there isn't much uniqueness to the outfield itself, uh, the ballpark dimensions, the bullpens. Uh, it's clean. It's brand new. Uh, the food options are, are, are good to go- very good. So um, I guess you could, you could cling on to something like that. But I just, you know, I don't fall in love with it. It's okay. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. I mean, I do have them really close, Rick. We'll, we'll uh, my uh, my twenty one was Globe Life, so we're on twenty twenty two right now. So Globe Life, Texas Rangers was twenty one. I've never been there. You were you were there. You, you had phenomenal seats for that game. Uh, you know, shout out to to, to our buddy Bill. Um, you know, and you experienced firsthand what it was like, right? So I'm going to take your word for it. I haven't been there, but we were at the old Ranger Stadium. The hot box, as they called it, uh, they definitely did need to make a new stadium, Rick, because the temperatures were 110 degrees in August, and people were just go- weren't going to the games. <laughs> uh, the Rangers probably didn't even want to play in those games. So, <laughs> um, 
Uh, mine is 20 at 21. At 22, I have Target Field in Minnesota just because I have not been there. I haven't been able to see it, touch it, be around in the area. That may change when I make my trip up to Minnesota, whenever that might be. Uh, but right now I have the Minnesota Twins Target Field at, uh, at 22. Understood. And we'll get to them in the next episode when I talk about uh, that ballpark a little bit more in depth. Some unique characteristics there. But um, closing out this list, our 30th through 21st. So our bottom third honorable honorable mention stadiums in Major League Baseball, for me, Rob, is Angel Stadium, the Anaheim Angels. This ballpark was built in 1966. It's one of the oldest stadiums in Major League Baseball. It was built at the same time the Oakland Athletics Stadium was built. It is largely outdated, but they've gone through a series of renovations. The same person that owns Walt Disney owns Angel Stadium. They're pouring more and more money into it. They're trying to make this home and latch onto it for decades to come. It seats 45,000 folks. And I love what they've done. First off, out in left field, Mike Trout from New Jersey. They have what is known as the Trout Farm over I, there. You got to love it, baby. You got to love it. If you get a farm. chance, go sit out in left field. It's a fun atmosphere to be. Not only do the fans have fish props, a.k.a. trout props, but on the outfield wall as you're sitting there as a fan looking at the ballpark, you'll see Trout Farm, and it's all branded there. Uh, very cool. I love when stadiums and teams recognize a franchise player and do something unique um, just to kind of involve everybody there. Very cool. Moving along to left center field, to me, Rob, is one of my favorites. Um, it's like this fountain rock cascading uh, effect that flows down towards the stadium from the high vantage point downwards towards the outfield wall. Um, it's sponsored by Monster. And when home runs are hit there, water, water just towers up 20, 30, 40 feet high. Uh, they'll blast off fireworks. It's so cool to see a bomb out there just rattling around in the, in the nice like rock area that they have. I just, I, that to me is a unique charm to that ballpark that I enjoy. If I continue around the ballpark out towards center and right center, you've got a higher wall similar to what we talked about at Progressive Field in Cleveland. Um, it's just, you know, a little bit higher elevated. I love when they change the dimensions of the heights of the outfield walls. And in doing so, if you come all the way around to right field where the right field foul pole is, it's actually the lowest wall. And it um, probably resonates with Boston Red Sox fans with that short wall over in right field only sits three feet tall. Players, outfielders will dive sometimes over the wall. And um, you and I have gotten a chance to walk the stadium, enjoy the stadium. Nachos out of bucket helmet hats, ice cream galore. Rob, that stadium to me, while yes, old, still does serve a purpose. <laughs> Dumb and dumber reference, baby, to end it. Uh, mine is not the Angels on 21. We'll get to the Angels next next uh, next episode. But what an amazing episode, ranking our 30th 
to 21st stadiums, the bottom third of the MLB. Uh, next, we get into the, the meat of it, the meat and potatoes. And then our third episode is the cream of the crop. So uh, for all those listeners out there, I'm Rob Brandt. And I'm Rick Brandt. Thanks so much for listening. And we're the brothers, and... Brandt. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for messing that one up, Rick. I'll talk to you That's guys what I'm later. Here for. <laughs> <laughs> See you later.